This is the What Matters Most podcast. A 100% listener-supported program. And now, here is your host, Paul Samuel Dolman. Welcome back to What Matters Most, my beautiful audience around the world. Today we have a little bit of an international show with a spiritual soul brother of mine. This one is dedicated to the hundreds of people who wrote and asked for him to be invited on, but it took the magic of Mr. Lee Harris of Energy Update to make it happen. He is best-selling author, the creator of Tut, star of The Secret. Brother Mike, thank you so much for coming on. What an honor. Hey, Paul, great to be with you, and also gratitude to Lee Harris. Mike, how does a certified public accountant become an international, worldwide, best-selling author and spiritual teacher? How in heaven's name did that unfold? Oh, boy, that's a good one. Uh, never saw it coming, except uh, I'd say my whole life, you know, from early teenage on, I've been obsessed and transfixed by you know, wanting to know the truth about reality. <clears throat> and I used to, you know, be, I was raised Catholic, went to church and classes on Sunday and parents were, you know, moderately religious, but neither the church nor my mom, who I was exceptionally close to, you know, would have answers. And uh, I started drawing my own conclusions that, you know, God is everywhere, that time's an illusion, that everyone's doing their best, that there couldn't possibly be a devil or a hell. And combined with those conclusions, as a, you know, as a kid who played competitive tennis, my mother was sharing snippets from books she read, not books I read, uh, about the power of creative visualization, the power of our mind, the mystery of our mind. And, and uh, that kind of put me, without naming it as such, on a spiritual path. And that spiritual path was one filled with a lot of questions. And so as I lived a conventional life, you know, college, an accounting degree, Pricewaterhouse for six years, entrepreneur for the last 30 years, I was simultaneously getting lit up by the answers and the truths I were finding. And, uh, and I do believe and teach to this day that the truth is absolute, that uh, it's not different from one person to the next, although our paths towards truth, you know, are many and varied and all ought to be honored. But truth is truth. And it's not good to say everybody has their own truth because you throw it out the window and it just becomes wishy-washy, hopeful thinking. And um, and to, to bring this a little explanation to a, a close, probably at the turn of the millennia, not probably, actually 20 years ago, literally on these very days in December, um, I was approaching the dark night of my soul. Uh, we had liquidated uh, the gift t-shirt business that had served us for 10 years, mom and my brother. And, and uh, while we were ahead financially, the trends were bad. And so, so we thought we would stop while we were ahead. And that brought on, you know, all kinds of fears at age uh, 39, not knowing what would come next. And I, uh, I prayed on my knees, literally, from my old Catholic days for 
for enlightenment. And I remember I wanted to receive inspiration every day that reminded me that I am a being of light. I am of God, by God, pure God, that all things are possible, that there's no judgment, that we live in a world that's conspiring on our behalf, a non-neutral, I call it, universe. It's non-judgmental, but that doesn't mean it's neutral. It's not neutral. It's on our behalf. And so I started sending out the inspiration that I wanted to receive as messages from Mike um, that eventually turned into today's daily notes from the universe, which, you know, almost a million people receive every day. And it's made possible the life of my wildest dreams these past two decades, um, traveling, speaking, playing on every continent. Uh, it, truly, I know it must sound like, you know, I'm full of myself, but um, from the depths of despair, there was a very rapid upward spiral. I'm married. I thought it would never happen. It didn't, it didn't happen until I turned 50. Uh, and I have a five and a half year old daughter. That's the light of my life and my wife's life. And uh, it, it's really amazing. So it was, it was a, it was trying to live the truths I had discovered that made me start espousing them and sharing them um, through the notes from the universe. And because of their popularity, there have been 17 different books about living deliberately, creating consciously, four completed world tours that were truly, you know, North America, South America, Africa, Asia, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, um, on, on multiple occasions, in some cases, you know, London, probably a dozen times, Sydney, uh, five times and, yeah, and the life of my wildest dreams. So, you know, stranger than fiction, but it's there for all of us. We are all born worthy. We are all born with enough power to live deliberately, uh, to live the absolute life of our dreams. Wow, that is eloquent, and there is a power in your words. I feel it. I have chills. I have some, I had a tear in my eye. The truth is powerful. It's a vibration. And I'm sitting there, I was listening to your story, and I realized that in your darkest night of the soul, you spoke this new life into existence with your word. The word was made flesh. You made it happen through words. Well, that is beautiful, and uh, I have to say you were right. You are right. And I remember at the time it was it was painful because it's so much of my life seemed a mystery. And I remember a very clear decision I made to not try to figure out the train wreck of my existence, which is what it seemed like at the time. And instead, go with what I knew that my thoughts become things that all things are possible and try to figure out the mess and the carnage later on. Um, so and I remember telling myself, Paul, that you know, it's okay, Mike, you're living your greatest story right now. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, wouldn't that be nice? Boy, is that wishful thinking, you know, it just, you know, even when you know the truth to embody it is a whole nother task. But I have found that even if we just attempt, even when we fake it, we are so inclined to succeed in this non-neutral universe, that a little bit of daily positivity, even when it's riddled and stained with self-doubt and worry and fear, will still prevail. And, uh, and so while I did step into these words, it felt awkward. And I, I'll tell anybody, you know, it didn't feel like it was really me. It felt like a lie. But 
as the years ticked by and not many, you know, within two years, I was like, holy God, this is unbelievable. You know, world tours and new acquaintances and money coming in. And, you know, I had, I wasn't married, but I all of a sudden had this love life. And I remember looking back over my shoulder, trying to, to then say from a comfortable place, like, what was that carnage train wreck all about? What, how did I mess up so bad? What were my invisible, limiting, self-sabotaging beliefs? And the most ironic thing came to me as a kind of a revelation. And that is prior to the train wreck, you know, the, the business was T-shirts and gifts. And I really enjoyed and discovered creative writing because all of our T-shirts had my brother's amazing graphics on them, mostly centered around resort souvenir marketing, palm trees, fishes, dolphins, really good stuff, though. And then my little sayings about life, dreams, and happiness. And I remember wishing, having discovered creativity like this and, you know, the power of the, the word that will outlive my mortal body, like, you know, it was just intoxicating. And I remember just pining and wishing and dreaming that I could reach more people. And then the train wreck, and I lamented that I had no career momentum. I was starting over, didn't even know what I was starting, didn't even have a tunnel to look for a light down at the end of it. It was really bad. I can't tell you how bad it was. Um, but now, you know, within two years, it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before the train wreck, I wrote about life, dreams, and happiness, happiness and wished for a larger audience. And after the train wreck, I write about life, dreams, and happiness and have New York Times bestsellers, audio programs, world tours, a massive database for sending out notes. And it's like the carnage was not a train wreck. It was not even carnage. It was a time in my life that my train metaphorically stopped to change tracks so that it could go higher, faster, better, farther more effortlessly. It was the beginning of the biggest dream of my life coming true. But in the midst of it, judging it with my physical senses alone, you know, this is the forbidden fruit. Don't go there. The original sin is looking at the apple and thinking that it's real, so real you bite it and you taste it. And it's like, wow. And you completely forget that you created it. You're a streaming manifester. And so for me, it was like, oh my God, you know, I, I tell audiences now, you know, if you're going through something painful, if you're going through your own version of the dark night of the soul, many, many people do, you certainly don't have to, don't even try to understand it. Don't go looking for what's wrong with you. Don't try to interpret it. Just drill down to truth. It is absolute. It is all forgiving. It is totally empowering. Set your sights, start your baby steps and never stop. And then look back one day if you want clarity and I'm sure you'll get it. And it'll be the same as me. It'll be like, you know, everything was playing to my favor, but to the physical senses, everything was bad. I was broken. I wondered if the best of my life wasn't all behind me at age 39 years old and the best was yet to come and it keeps getting better. I'm seeing in my mind's eye, the old accountant, Mike Julie is a caterpillar in the throngs of its last breaths <laughs> as the brand new butterfly, Mike Julie currently existing came into existence and that's kind of what happens even with a cell when it evolves it sort of shuts down it even dies we have to literally die to our old self to become whole and new and sore that's what i see with you 
per I didn't yeah, that's something I'm gonna use because that's so exactly what happens. You know, it's shedding of the old, which to the physical senses is death. Um, but but there's there's the rebirth in this lifetime, in this essence, but with the new perspectives, new possibilities, a new future. Isn't that literally the archetype, the mythological paradigm of Jesus's death and resurrection? He died to his old self and rose and lived in his higher self. Yeah, it is exactly that. And boy, you know, having been raised in, you know, traditional Christianity and Catholicism, I now look, I now look at scripture. I, I'm certainly not a Bible toter. Uh, or anything like that. I, in fact, I would say I have zero religion in me, although I'm very, very spiritual I, in my own definition of what that means. And uh, it, it's astounding when you when you see with new eyes what these old statements and quotes and clauses and things really meant in, in my view, you know, whether it's the resurrection or the original sin or the forbidden fruit or truth will set you free. I mean, and on and on and on and on. Right now I'm reading a book that many of your readers probably read long ago. I'm finally reading it, The Autobiography of a Yogi. Yogananda strikes again. He is involved in everything for me that is good. The, I don't understand it, but he has just been a mythical icon for me. Well, I bring it up because as I'm halfway through, um, I, I'm astounded at the beauty of the interpretations offered by the various gurus that Yogananda was um, you know, learning from and how they often deviate in their lectures or deviated in the, these recorded lectures to biblical scripture. These are Indian yogis, and they deviate to biblical scripture with the deepest reverence for the words and the lessons imparted, and they then parse and speak to the real original intention and meaning of those words, which, you know, when you hear truth, I really believe no matter who you are, you light up, you resonate, everything gets checked off, you know, and no matter where it's coming from, if it's a greeting card or the secret or the Bible or wherever, and when I read these interpretations of Scripture, and, and all of these interpretations are uh, empowering to everyone. They leave nobody behind. And this is a my litmus test for truth, if you will. You know, does it speak of life's beauty or does it speak of our power? And does it leave nobody behind under any circumstances? You know, you, you don't have to be a believer. You don't have to take Sundays off. You don't have to be a goody two-shoes Paradise awaits 100%. Uh, and in fact, uh, it's here beneath our very feet right now when we open our eyes and we marvel at the splendor and magnificence and the beauty and the intricacies and the stunning synchronicities that fill all of our lives. And and so so back to the point, the, these, these scriptures uh, do have such beauty, particularly when reframed, slightly adjusted to to more glorious things than trying than 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 they're typically used by conventional folk today who you know point to fire and brimstone and you know evil devils and hell awaiting and you know th those are wrong interpretations they don't make any sense no enlightened divine intelligence that could hang the stars in the sky would want to punish 
his children, for anything. Such a divine intelligence would always be big enough to be able to rehabilitate everyone. I mean, come on. As if God would make such a mistake. as like, oh, dude, man, you're a loser, and I'm going to banish you for hell after infinite torture. It's like, you know, what a childish, sadistic view of reality. And so scripture and, and everywhere, you know, the, the truth is the truth, being absolute as I shared. And so so we find it popping up everywhere all the time. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, stated, uh, you know, in old English to be resonant and empowering. You know, it can be on a, a greeting card, like I said, or it could just be, you know, in the most ordinary, everyday, you know, kind of common cliches about, you know, the power of positive thinking, for example. By the way, in the Thomas Gospels, the Gnostic Gospels, which were dug up in 1949 near Egypt and not edited by a bunch of old white men, (laughs) they asked Jesus, when will the kingdom come? Can we be a part of your kingdom, your linear kingdom? And he said, the kingdom has come. The kingdom of God is spread amongst the earth, and yet man does not see it. Wow. Wow. So good. So spot on. So beautiful. So true. Uh, even hearing you say that, it's like, you know, Mike, open your eyes farther, you know, more is here, is here, and it's great to, to hear it from you. And you know, Mike, as I think about your dark night of the soul, of your trouble times, I realize that that was just there, in my opinion, to give you contrast, which only makes what you're experiencing now 10,000 times richer because you know and have felt and experienced the difference if you didn't know one, you couldn't know the other, and there'd be no joy without sorrow. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And 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 therefore, as I swing a tangent on that exact thought, you know, think back to the bad times and how much good they brought you, and then rephrase them. Were they really bad times? You know, it's like, no, they were like the biggest gifts ever. And that's not to say to folks, and nor should they ever think that they're vulnerable. Um, you know, it's our confusion that brings about darkness. And that confusion um, can be banished, you know, if we're inspired by fear in the darkness, or we can head it off at the pass and not go into the darkness at all. And it might not make for a good radio show, but we can go straight to the winner's circle, anybody and everybody. You know, we need not be drawn through, um, you know, difficulties and hardship to be inspired to, to go to the light and see truth. And then, of course, at some point, you and Rhonda connected, and she created The Secret. You were in that, and I'm sure everything you were doing took off to a whole new level. That was a worldwide phenomenon. And I'd love to ask for myself and the audience around the world, what is the secret of The Secret? Well, thank you for that. Uh, Well, the truth is the truth, and Rhonda, you know, got lit up by the truth in the early 2000s, and... uh, she reached out to me about 2005, I believe, and I think the secret hit in 2006 or seven. Um, she was a subscriber to Notes from the Universe. I was already on world tours, and uh, she asked if I could be interviewed for it. And I was like, "Well, what's the secret?" You know, I mean, there's a bit of, you know, you got to be, you got to use some um, savviness to to do any business adventure. And the secret is that nobody realizes how powerful they are. And the secret is, is that we are all divine, that dreams come true, that we're here for a reason. That reason is love and service and joy and following your heart. Um, and, and distilled in the way that she most wanted it distilled, 
um, she whittled it down to that there is a law of attraction among us and that what we think about, we bring about. And, and for me, that is thoughts become things. That's the phraseology I first put on a t-shirt in the 1990s and then kind of made my tagline. And uh, lo and behold, those were the words I got to utter in the secret. Not that there was a script, there wasn't. I don't know if people realize that she just sat a bunch of us down in front of a camera and lights just kind of said, go tell me about life and magic and possibilities. And so, you know, I was there telling her my, my wordplay of, of the same underlying truth. And that is, you know, our thoughts become the things and events of our lives unfailingly. And, uh, you know, like I said, when you, when you, when anybody is exposed to truth, um, they know it. And I, I think that explains why when the DVD dropped, um, which wasn't the plan, the plan was uh, Rhonda and her sister Glenda were so excited telling me about it when I met them that every major TV network on planet Earth would debut the film at the same day, at the same time, globally. Not one, not one TV station on planet Earth, including an investor in the project uh, in Australia, I think it's TV3 or Channel 3 or something like that, they wouldn't even broadcast it. They said, this isn't going to work. This isn't what we need. This is not what we thought. So she went to those of us who were in it and said, well, will you tell your fan base um, about this video that we've created, this documentary on the power that people have that they don't even know that they have? And so we did. And it, uh, you know, the rest is history. It blew up uh, within two years, which was not foreseen. Um, they were approached by Atria and Beyond Words, a Simon and Schuster label. Would you like to do a book of this? And there was hemming and hawing. It's like, well, we hadn't thought of that. Um, I mean, it was not even on the radar. And they came to terms, did a book on it. And the book even outsold the DVD. Um, and is in you know countless languages. I mean, I, I've traveled all over the world as we've shared, and 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 to so many places, particularly in the third world, you have bootleg booksellers on every corner. You know, they've got flowers, they've got bootleg liquor, and they've got bootleg books. And um, I started a little photo album of bootleg books of the secret for sale. That's how prevalent and, and successful. That has been. And of course, out of a 90 minute movie, you know, there's people say, oh, you know, it should have done this. It should have talked about that. But the naysayers are very few and far between. And usually they say, well, you have to take action. It's like that was implied throughout the entire film that you would continue living your life out in the world where you'd be reachable uh, by the magic you've ordained through the new thoughts that you're choosing. But Anyway, that, that's okay. It's fine. Um, Rhonda got the last laugh uh, on critics and uh, film studios and TV studios. So that's how it came about. I don't know what day of my life Rhonda si signed up for Notes from the Universe, but it was like all miracles, a big miracle in my life. And like almost all miracles, I didn't even know it happened until after the fact. You know, when miracles happen, you're not privy to that. You know, all of a sudden, it's as if the stars realigned, connections are made, uh, the magical winds, the unfailing winds of the universe start howling. And to you, it looks look just like yesterday, you know, leading us all to be at risk of drawing the false conclusion 
that, you know, it's not working for me. Nothing's changing. I must be self-sabotaging. And this is the point of the secret. Stop that kind of thinking because that only brings more evidence and therefore a greater reality of that which you're focusing on. People haven't hadn't realized, the mainstream hadn't realized that, you know, if you're lamenting, complaining, whining, you are building tomorrow based on that vision of life that you have unnecessarily chosen. So in spite of circumstances to the contrary, which is always the case when we want to bring about change and transformation in our life, we must focus on, think about, speak about, and take baby steps towards a life that would be thrilling to us, even when we're surrounded by turkeys, even when we have no yellow brick road to walk down, even when we don't have a light at the end of the tunnel. Do something. Do anything. Dream of the end result and then show up, show up, show up. And then the miracles will be invisible. So you got to keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, when did this dusty, sucky dirt path turn into the yellow brick road of my life? I'm already on the yellow brick road. I'm already living a life beyond my wildest dreams. Even though I was filled with fear, even though I self-doubted, even though I kind of hated myself and I truly did. You know, we all go through bouts of self-loathing but we're so pegged to succeed when we get out of our own way that we, we can't be stopped if we just do a little bit of what we know to do in spite of appearances. Amen. And so just to be clear for you cynics and the ones who doubt, you actually have to buy the lottery ticket to win the lottery. That's all that's required. <laughs> just want to be clear. The ticket might blow up on the beach on a windy day and that happened to be the winning ticket someone lost. But you can make it just a tad bit easier if you go buy that ticket a uh, hundred yards away at the store. And what you're talking about really resonates for me because what you talk about is an expression of what you think. And what you think is really the expression of your deep held beliefs, whether conscious and often unconscious. So if you start working backwards or at the core, you're going to change your reality. Yep, exactly the case. So how is this all manifested in your life since you became a father of such a beautiful little girl? Oh, wow. Um, I would have to say the biggest addition and the biggest shift in my life in these last 20 years has been um, just the, the opportunity that was there all along, but a child really heightens it, the opportunity to to love deeper than I ever knew I could love, just to, just to be able to stare in wonderment um, at the innocence and the the playful nature, uh, the universe sparkling in her eyes as it sparkles in all of our eyes. When it's your own flesh and blood, or you know, it doesn't have to be flesh and blood. Your own, your own partner, your own adopted kid. I mean, when when you just have this imp incredible bond and responsibility to look after uh, such a precious, precious being, such a fragile seemingly vulnerable being you know it just ignites things in deep within you and there's appreciation that for me didn't exist before there's love that, that i didn't know before there's empathy and compassion and patience that i didn't know before and, and i often think in terms of you know and sometimes i write this way some of my notes from the universe that this is what divine intelligence has for us uh it's a good metaphor, I think, but but faulty in that it implies that you know here we are as children and God is out there. You know we're we're living we are 
of God. We are pure God. We are part of God. But it's helpful to kind of get a handle on it by, by calling ourselves children of God or children of the universe. So there's a helpfulness to that metaphor. But I wouldn't want to mislead by putting God outside of ourselves. Yet still, there, there is and would be this total, infinite patience with all of us, this infinite, immeasurable love for all of us, no matter what our trespasses, no matter what heinous things somebody has done, there's still forever to look forward to. There's still redemption. There's still rehabilitation. There's still room for joy and, you know, correcting, corrections, etc. So, I think having a daughter has helped me even more deeply appreciate the values that I just named, like patience and empathy and compassion and and love and, you know, being in the moment like a child, like almost only a child could be in the moment. It's just, just so wow. So as you spoke of this incredible unconditional love, I had this great phrase come to me. You literally, with your partner have conceived the inconceivable. You have conceived the inconceivable. Oh my gosh, that's so, so the case. And and so, you know, so I, you know, and so not, you know, I don't, sometimes I feel like I border on talking about myself too much and, and then, you know, and loving so much when I hear you talk about me. But yes, that's true for everybody who's conceived. And, uh, and it is the inconceivable. It is, it's the wonderment and the magic and the invitation invitation inherent uh, to look at yourself in the same way you look at your beloved. Wow, I love it. And you, you should talk about yourself. That's why I had you on. I'd hate to have you on to talk about me. <laughs> that, that would put me to sleep. And the thing is, we talk about to tell people listening right now, waiting for the miracle, we're hurtling through space on a giant magnet Surrounded by a star, we have trillions of cells working simultaneously with infinite intelligence. You and I happen to be talking. I'm in Florida. You're in Mexico in real time. People are listening to this show, perhaps hundreds of thousands of them all over the world. We don't even know. I get letters from all over the world. You obviously have a global reach. It's all inconceivable, yet we're in the middle of it. We sell ourselves so short. We feel so tiny when we are alone. The kingdom of God is spread amongst the earth. Just look around. Yeah, yeah. It's so great to hear it. You know, I, 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 I like, I like that I get on stage and I get to hear myself convince myself as I convince audience members. And but hearing you say it, and you have a very excellent use of you know the language and your own uh, word choices. It's beautiful, and and it is this 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 emerald hurtling through space that we get to love and be loved upon and and virtually all of our needs are are given to us you know we don't have to invent life we just get to live it and uh, i think that's something that you know i speak to in a lot of my work you know it's like you know you don't have to you don't have to figure it all out you just have to change the picture in your mind when you're unhappy about something and then move towards that new picture and everything else will change you know all the mechanics are there for us you know, we just kind of plug and play, you know, no downloads, no updates required. That's all taken care of by, you know, our higher divine selves. We just just get the point to point ourselves in whatever direction our heart desires and go. I think from everything you said, which I totally agree with, the huge biggest key, the only key is simply getting out of the way, cashing the ticket, cashing the check. Yeah, that's it. You know, golly, man, we're on the same wavelength because so many of the things you have said is like, 
Th- those are those are words and twists that I have so often used myself as we fly through space. It, what a miracle! And one of my notes from the universe was, um, you know, it's as if you've won the the lottery ticket just by virtue of being alive in time and space. And you keep, but you haven't looked at the winning numbers yet, and you keep buying more. It's like it's here, it's done. You did it. You're already in the winner's circle. Just a quick moment here to remind you that we are 100% listener supported. So if you go to patreon.com backslash what matters most, you can contribute any size you wish from $5 a month to $100 a month. Hey, you can even become an associate producer like Angel Kim. So if you love the show, if you want to see us do more, support us in any way. Your contribution matters. Much love. Now back to our fantastic guest. Mike, do you watch any of the news? Do you watch TV? Do you read the news? Or do you completely stay away from that sort of stuff and just live down in Mexico or in these beautiful places and walk the beach with your daughter and eat fresh fruit and look at the stars? How engaged are you in the day-to-day world of things? I'm curious about that because a lot of times people run away and hide rather than deal with the polarities that exist everywhere and are just part of our cosmic existence. You know, I I am a bit of a news junkie, uh, and I don't think we have to banish that. Yeah, I... Uh, you know, I know that many peers, if I may call them that, you know, advise not to. Um, but I, you know, I think if we don't let it carry us away in, in negativity and pessimism, but more kind of watch it. Uh, and I and I have to force myself to do this just from a place of wonder. Um, then there's no harm done. I, I think politics, and I've said this in some of my works. Um, are spirituality applied? You know, although we don't see many politicians applying what we would define as spirituality into their work, but but really, it's uh, man's attempt to live and work together uh, in the highest uh, ideals, uh, bringing them to bear. And you know, although we haven't done as a civilization that good so far in that realm, it's it's the opportunity every day to do better, to apply spirituality to, to the, to governing masses, you know, we're not going to get away from governments, not anytime too soon. And, um, and so it's part of the dance and part of the celebration and part of the love. And, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, every day I partake of the news, but, you know, I don't camp out. Uh, as maybe I did 20 years ago in front of the news and watch, you know, endless cycles of CNN, (laughs) um, you know, repeating itself. But uh, I do stay privy to it. And and I do sometimes have to watch myself to not, you know, let it uh, drain me or or jade me in any way. So no, no problem. And I and you asked also in that question, you know, how to deal with negativity. And one of the things I've found is, you know, given the truth and my understandings, you know, in the last 20 years of it, and therefore my realization of our profound inclination, kind of default setting to thrive in every area of our lives, I've finally realized that, you know, we're not so vulnerable that you cannot think a negative thought, cannot have these rampant fears. There are times even in, in, 
in the recent past of my life where something has really rattled me and really terrified me and really scared me and really made me worry. Um, but even then, I, I assure myself that, you know, like most people's fears, 98% of them never come to pass. I realize it's because of our inclination to succeed. So number one, I don't allow myself to feel, feel vulnerable. Well, even when there is that runaway train of fear, uh, I, if I can't stop it, I'm just like, you go, Mike, you little worry your little heart out. You know, you're not vulnerable to it. But simultaneous down at least once in the day and probably not more than twice because that's not even necessary and do your best to be positive. And even if the fear is so great, my little visualization of a better world and me, you know, emerging from whatever I feared unscathed, even during that little visualization, I will find that my thoughts are infested with the same fear, yet I still prevail. So I I don't worry. I don't lament that. I I don't worry that I worry. Let's put it that way anymore. I do my best to curb it. I'm always doing something rather positive. Every morning I start off with some visualization, mostly of joy and you know, celebration without even cause. I don't find it necessary to say, well, I'm going to be happy when I visualize for this reason. The universe, uh, our higher selves will find all the reasons that are important for us to address every area of our life that needs to be addressed so that we can truly authentically feel that joy made manifest later on. So, so if I'm doing that and sometimes I'll craft a few affirmations to offset any fear and continue living my life and not be held hostage fear doesn't stand a chance. Even if I entertain it, it doesn't stand a chance. I want to give you a shout out because you're also an excellent parent to your inner two-year-old toddler. And I have one too. And that's, I try to just give him a say so, but I don't let him run the show, even though he throws a fit every now and again. And I'm asking all the, I'm asking all my guests here in 2020, what's happening in America right now? What do you feel? You have such an eloquence, such an elevated view from high, I feel like a high and beautiful vibrational place while still being on the ground and immersed in the world. I'm not calling the Himalayas. You have no idea what's going on. You think um, Truman is the president. But, I, you know, what's happening from your view, not right or wrong, what do you see happening? It's the beginning of the biggest dream of humanity coming true. Uh, and it looks like chaos while it's coming true. Um, it's painful to see some of what would otherwise be labeled ugly and that that in in many regards is ugly coming to the surface, but it's coming to the surface to be purged and to be cleaned and to be moved beyond. So I, I think it's the beginning of a great accelerated healing. And while there may still be some bumps in the road, there most certainly have been uh, like, you know, rampantly all over the planet. You know, it doesn't take much to see these flashpoints, uh, you know, North America, South America, Asia and uh, and on and on. Um, they, too, are, are those are the areas that need the healing the most. And so it's all being brought to the surface. It's a great time to be alive. This is why we wanted to be here, Paul. This is the wild, wild west, you know. 10,000 years from now, people will be like, you know, everything's so – I have Swiss friends, and they're like, everything's so perfect here. You know, if there's a pothole, you can measure it on your watch. Within three and a half hours, it's going to be filled. And and they say that it's boring, you know, and they like to visit, you know, the hot 
mega cities around the earth where there's this vibrancy and diversity and tension and rawness. And it's like, that's, that's planet earth right now. So to speak compared to where we're going, where it's going to be so much more placid, lots of love, people helping people. Everybody has a meal. They're going to be telling stories of like the man back in the year 2000. Oh my gosh. Talk about extremes and divergent polarity. And you know, what would it have been like? And would you have been able to hold the faith? Could you have kept it together? Would you have succumbed to temptation? Oh man, that was a time to be alive and that's what we're living right now and why bravo and i would say act globally but more importantly and think globally i think the key is based on everything you've said and i would agree with is do your own work bring your own light into a dark room Yes. And that is so what I'm doing here for these five and a half weeks in Mexico and reading autobiography of a yogi. And it's like, you know, man, I am so inspired and so lured to, you know, raising my vibe higher, higher yet, higher still self-realization. Really, it's there for all of us. Um, it is in my crosshairs. That's kind of a terrible metaphor, but, uh, I want to go there to that place of being, you know, in ecstasy, serenely buoyed by love and clarity and uh, uh, perform a few miracles for myself. You know, why not? And and help be a light into the world. You're doing a great job. You're a magician. And I admire a quality that you have that I see a lot in the New Thought Age movement or whatever. Will you dispel the myth that if you're doing great work and you're spiritual, Somehow you're not allowed to make money. You should have like a rice bowl and wander with an old smock around. I know, but a lot of people think that. I know so many people that are so elevated, but they I've got to buy them a cup of coffee because they think money's evil. Or And I think that's a great myth by the machine to keep people from doing good. I'll starve to death. You are the poster boy for that's not being true. Yeah, it's a holdover from the dark ages that we're just now emerging from where people who lived by their physical senses alone believed that the only way one person could get ahead is at the expense of other people. And so, you know, money was tainted. It was bad. It's the root of all evil or the pursuit of money is the root of all evil. Uh, but when you start looking at reality with spiritual lenses and you realize it's a holographic universe and that money literally grows on trees, it's paper, Right. You know, you realize that your success in this world based on your thoughts will only help to elevate other people and that you're not here to grovel and that being poor serves nobody. Um, further, everything is of God, by God, pure God. There's nothing that's not God. Money is pure God energy. It's a it's a primitive means through which our society will often measure contribution. And, and, and in that sense, it's a holding place, a storage place of accumulated energy. And there's nothing unspiritual about accumulated energy. There's nothing unspiritual about being of service that's recognized and lauded um, through, through money, in, whether selling tickets or receiving donations. You know, Money is spirit. It is pure spirit. There is only spirit and there's enough for everyone. So, no, I don't I know what you're talking about. I don't come across it that much, you know, in my audiences, maybe because my profile is not that high. 
um, or my wealth is not that enormous that uh, I'm not a target. Um, but perhaps as audiences grow and more and more old schoolers are included in my audience, um, that may, you know, finally show up more on my radar. But I haven't, you know, maybe once every three years, somebody's like, you know, you shouldn't be making money or you're, you're you're not reaching the people who need it most. And those are the people who can't afford it. And it's like, you know, dude, I've done stuff for free and the people who can't afford it will find a reason not to be there or, or to undervalue it. And, and so often we've seen that as we try to hold our business model together and we come up with prices for priceless information. Um, you know, if we, if we lower the price from $195 for a day long workshop to $95, it doesn't change the size of the audience. And the person who says, I can't pay $195 for a day with you, they won't pay $95 either. Um, so we do our best to come up with, you know, the right business model. And we do tons of stuff for free, always have, including notes from the universe. And so, you know, I have no shame, no guilt, no qualm about making money, about making a lot of money. Uh, um, you know, it's it's here life is here to be lived and this is one of the vehicles in our primitive times that we use to kind of set markers and that's okay bravo and i've done over 600 of these and i'm trying to think has have i ever had anyone on who was more in love with what they're doing than you are well uh, that's a nice thing to say and uh, and i do feel like i so love what i do and uh you know, I, I, it's there for everyone. And and me getting here, I tell audiences, you know, I started out not knowing what direction to go in after, you know, what I thought was a train wreck of my life. And, and I tell audiences, if you're in that same place, if you're like starting over, whether it's career or love or whatever, assess your sucky options, choose the least sucky, more than one, maybe the three least sucky and go. And it was exactly what I did because, you know, I'm a CPA with Pricewaterhouse. I was, you know, 25, 30 years ago and uh, I was an entrepreneur and I didn't really want to go do either one of those. So I started kind of sending out these emails as I circulated my accountant's resume. And it's like, I don't know where this is going to land, but at least I was moving in the direction of my my all time greatest bliss, you know wondering about exploring, testing, and applying the nature of reality and these principles and truths that, you know, that have come up in this time with you in this conversation. And so that was the beginning of me being on a path that started out as kind of sucky, really sucky. It's like, I'm sending out free emails and I don't know where my life is going. I don't know what just happened, but at least it's something. But then, you know, there was reverberations, there was amazing feedback, there was opportunities. I dealt with the fear I had of speaking in public. I started talking at rotary clubs that led to unity churches that, that led to my own world tours. So I say all of this because, you know, while, while I do absolutely love what I do, I don't think I could love it anymore. This is totally me living my bliss. I, I didn't know how to get here and didn't even know what my bliss was 20 years ago in, in terms of a career. But but I by doing what I could with what I had uh, from where I was, which never seems adequate. You know, these baby steps are paltry and often embarrassing. Mine were. 
Um, but it's enough to be reached by the universe and your sails will be filled by her unfailing winds. And in your beautiful words and honesty and authenticity, what I hear is ye shall do greater things than I. Oh, I remember, that's one of my favorites. I love that. And it wouldn't have been said if it wasn't spot on true. You know, it's here for all of us. I mean, I, I don't even think we can imagine, Paul, how amazing and mind-boggling life on earth will relatively soon be. In fact, it, it is already that right now. It is right now, but we're going to start seeing it en masse, and we're going to start doing these miracles. We're going to start living our bliss. We're going to be helping and loving one another. It's just going to be like this joy fest hurtling through space, the party planet. Well, Senor Michael, my brother, I cannot thank you enough. And just make me one promise. If the spaceship comes for you first, make sure you stop and get me too. Don't leave me here alone. We're brothers, Paul. We're brothers. We go together. Wow. Well, if I ever have a child, I'm going to have to name my firstborn Lee Harris as a way of thanking him for putting us together. And Michael, my brother, you truly are a great light, a teacher. I get it. I came in with no expectations and you have sincerely blown me away. I hope that others will tune in and go to your page and follow Tut. And everyone, if you're anywhere near Mike, go find him and hug him. May you go in peace to love and serve the light, the source, the universe. You are the voice of the universe. Thank you. Indeed, indeed. Farewell, brother. Happy holidays to you and all. You've been listening to the What Matters Most podcast, a 100% listener-supported program. If you feel inspired, please go to our Patreon page, at www.patreon.com backslash whatmattersmost and join our family. So until the next time, stay inspired and in the light.